and welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. We connect authors from around the globe to each other and to their readers. On the show, you will meet aspiring as well as seasoned authors. Our featured author for this week is none other than Mike Toll. Mike is a ghostwriter, an author, an editor, a book publishing consultant who has authored or ghosted more than 30 books and been published by the likes of HarperCollins, Rutledge Hill Press, Triumph Books, WND Books, and Fitting Words. So don't go away. We will be right back with the Writer's Corner live show. Hi, Brigetti. How are you this morning? Well, this evening for you, right? Okay. Well, if you're just joining us, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Brigetti Limbanda. I'm a live video talk show host and producer. I'm passionate about social needs such as the water and energy crisis and special needs education as well as responsible social media advocacy. And on this show, we bring you the backstories of our authors and aspiring authors. And my co-host is Mary Elizabeth Jackson. She's the awarding author of the Poolicious Children's Book Series. She's also um, a movie screenplay writer. She's a mom to three amazing humans who inspire her. And she's also a disabilities advocate who lives in Nashville, and I'm in Cape Town in South Africa. Mary, welcome to the show. Hi. Good uh, mid-morning for me. Good evening for you. I'm so excited to be here, and I'm very excited about our interview this morning. Uh, well, it's your evening where you are, so. Um, and um, we're, we are very excited this morning, aren't we? Yes, absolutely. Mike is an accomplished author and ghostwriter um he's authored and ghostwritten more than 30 books he says i know isn't um, that wild? crazy publishers like HarperCollins, triumph books wnd books ratledge hill press cumberland house fitting words he is an author of note he's ghostwritten um about ben hogan bobby jones football stars walter payton and john unitas joe biden um, he's written about the football coaches, Lou Holtz and Vince Lombardi, also about the women's basketball coach, co basketball coaching legend, Pat Summit, yeah. and football turned Star Wars hero, Pat Tillman. Wow. I mean, this is amazing. He's been writing, he says, since he was 15 years old as a sophomore in high school, and he started his uh, full-time career with the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and National Sports Daily and the Nashville Tennessean. And he has, get this, he has edited more than 150 books. I know, isn't that amazing? Wow. I know, right? I can't, I can't wait to have him on the show and dive right in. But before we get him, invite him on, I want to say a huge big welcome to our live audience on LinkedIn. 
and our live audience on Facebook. A warm welcome to all of you, and we are now going to introduce you to Mike Tolb. Wow, that's, that's really impressive. <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you like that? Well, you know, I, I actually had some books I brought with me. I going to do a little show and tell. I don't need to do that now. <laughs> sit here and gab, you know. And by the way, I'm really excited going global. I've never done it where I've been in two different, I mean, you know, two time zones. I guess we'll be like seven hours apart. Seven eight. hours of eight. eight, eight oh, my eight goodness. Hours. Yeah. Wow. When, when our clocks move forward in November, we will only be seven hours apart. So, Borgetti and I have to go back and forth with the time, the time differences here for the show. You know, yeah. six months a year, we're at 10 a.m., and six months a year, we're at 11 a.m., and it's quite crazy. I'm getting jet lagged just thinking about this. <laughs> <laughs> you get jet lagged by sitting, you know, by just sitting for, you know, that's talent. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. That's talent. Yeah. So we we are globally. You know, we we have people who do watch us, and you know, we've got writer author friends who we've interviewed in um, Canada and Australia, and we've got friends in England and and uh, Ireland, and so a little bit of you know Denmark, kind of people all over the place. So it's a lot of fun to um, be able to meet people and and have this ability to do this. It's fantastic. Well, it's neat. Some of those countries you mentioned, you know, are big golf havens. And in one of the books you showed mm -hmm. with my Ben Hogan book. Now, in the United yeah. States, anyone under the age of 50 probably doesn't know who Ben Hogan is. But over in Europe, probably more people know who he is because he was he was such an icon. Yeah, know? he really he really was. I know who that is. So uh, um, and and I, I'm so I, I think it's amazing all the writing that you've done and look at all the opportunities you've had in your life and a lot of blessings. I've been absolutely blessed. Uh, getting the jobs that I've been able to do, the authors I've been able to work with, you know, ghostwriting the subjects, the subject matter, the, the publishers were willing to do this, to, to publish the books and, and support me. It's really been a fun ride. It still is a fun ride. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, I hope to get to meet you in person. So, and if you ever travel, yes. if you travel to South Africa, you'll have to pop in and see Brigetti. <laughs> absolutely absolutely i want to dive right in so yes. i've heard about i don't think we've ever talked about ghostwriting on the show yet no um, we haven't that's why i'm excited about this yes that is the subject we have not talked about i know right so so what is a ghostwriter um if you if you can tell us and and how does it work well it's funny because i have to tell a lot of people you know you know what it is what a ghostwriter does basically somebody out there is an aspiring author or they're already an author and they want to have a book written, but they really don't want to do the actual writing. They're not sure how to do it. They're not sure of the process or not confident in terms of what they're, what they're saying and what they're doing. So they hire a ghostwriter like me to actually write the book for them. Now I'm totally dependent on them. Of course, you got to interview them and draw out information and hopefully they bring journals or a diary or, archives or other books for me to refer to but yeah that's what a ghostwriter does a ghostwriter uh writes a book sort of like a co-author except you don't get cover credit 
the whole idea is the author still wants to have their name on the book and they're the ones going to be promoting it and selling it. And so I just kind of stay out of the picture. Uh, as long as the checks don't bounce, I, you know, I'm good to go with that. I don't, <laughs> I got my name on enough books. I don't need to have them on every book I'm, I'm a part of. So a question for you on ghostwriting, because I'm in the middle of a project like that for a, a Southern Gospel Christian music family. Mm -hmm. um, how do you work out all your particulars? Um, because I, I know I know people who've done some ghostwriting and their name is on the cover of the book. Um, and like it's like whatever the person's name is and and then whoever was the ghostwriter. And then they obviously the contracts have to be signed, you know, through the publisher or if they're self-publishing. And do you do 50-50 everything or how do you work that out? Because, that you know, for anybody who's listening out there, this is information for them. It could be anywhere from about 50-50 to 98-2, I suppose, in terms of, you know, how much I do versus what they do. But every project's different. Uh, it depends on what they bring to the table. You know, what have they done? Have they written some chapters themselves? You know, they tried to do it, but they're not really happy with it. Mm -hmm. have, they, have, they, have they done a lot of outlining, got a lot of notes? Like one of the, one of the, the authors I worked with, I've, I've now done two books with him. It's his first book. He came to me and, 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 you know, gave him the premise. Of course I can't, he was, he was one of the, you know, really strict about making sure no one knew he had a ghostwriter. So I won't even tell you what the subject matter was. I mean, it's a nonfiction book, but he had like a hundred pages of just kind of a scattershot note, some things he'd written down, some people he'd met along the way and writing about them, talking about his own experiences. And to him, it was just kind of a mishmash. To me, it was gold because I could just kind of go through it, pull stuff out of there. And then we did, a, we did, we wanted to do like a few phone interviews, like a couple hours each. And so that I was able to use what he gave me for what I call this mishmash of stuff. Right. And, and combine that with the interviews. And I had to do a lot of research, but I knew where to go to do the research to get all the stuff and kind of put it all together. And then, you know, those are the ingredients. Now I get to sit down and cook it. I get to write it and pull it all together. So that's that's kind of one example. But every book is different depending on what and, the author brings to the table. And do you limit yourself to um, a specific subset of topics or are you quite open to ghostwriting just about anything as long as they give you the nuts and bolts? I'm kind of halfway in between on that. There's probably seven or eight genres I'm most comfortable with, you know, memoir, biography, self-help book, uh, you know, business book, you know, that sort of thing. Um, I, well, I've, I've done some, I haven't ghost written uh, cookbooks, but I've been very hands-on working with them. I mean, I'm not, I'm not much of a chef. I mean, I can do some, some stovetop stuff. And, you <laughs> but you can, you can write though. You yeah, know, I can write. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting when you are ghostwriting, because this is kind of the conundrum that I've been in. You as a writer are not making up the character of the person that you're ghostwriting about. You have to have their legit, you have to sit down, you have to have those audio recordings, those video recordings, those scrap notes, or whatever it is that they've done, because you're not making up a character. I mean, you're you doing it verbatim of their life. And it's so different. Well, that's why, you know, you can't, you know, I don't think, well, I mean, I can't ghostwrite a fiction book. I'm a nonfiction guy. I've okay. never written a fiction book. I've sat down at, you know, one o'clock in the morning thinking, gee, I need to do something and start writing it and wake up in the morning and see what I've written is total garbage. So I just kind of stay away from that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's something where, uh, you know, the, the, the author comes and, 
and and provides the stuff and 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 you just do you just do what you can with it and i think the biggest thing is in doing that uh you guys is they say you know finding the author's voice i think everyone has a different definition of what exactly that entails so what i do when i go straight a book you know i i've talked to the person by then i've, I've interviewed them and taped some conversations transcribed some but so you've got to get a feel for the rhythm of how they speak and how that translates to writing so what I'll do is I'll, I'll write the first chapter and then I'll send it to them and say, just, you know, don't expect for this to be the final product. I'm just trying to get it synchronized in terms of getting your voice and, and uh, they'll look at it and they'll send it. I had, I had one, one gentleman I did the first chapter for and he wrote me back saying this, this is not working. I don't like it, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what don't you like? Just give me two or three things. And he told me, and I went back and fixed it, sent it back to me, loved it. And that gave me a, like a blueprint to do the rest of the book with. So that's, you know, if a person's comfortable when they're reading it to say, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how I think and talk and you're good to go. That's great. That's good advice though. Very good advice. Well, I hope so. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's worth, but that's, it's a little bit, you know, you, you're on kind of pins and needles a little bit at the writer. Most writers, they won't admit it, but they're, they're kind of insecure. I think there's more insecure writers than there are introverted writers. I think they're more insecure mm. in terms of, you know, you want to get good feedback. You don't want the, I mean, you don't want the guy to fire you or whoever it is you're writing for, right. uh, but you just want to kind of make sure they're comfortable with what you're writing so that the rest of the process will go pretty smoothly. You can focus on, you know, writing the book, not, uh, you know, reconfiguring nuts and bolts and putting the, putting the engine back together. Right, right. Well, okay. So you're, you are a book publishing consultant. So you, yes. you want to talk to everybody about, you know, kind of what that means. What, you know, there's so many different kinds of uh, publishers, traditional and boutique. And, you know, um, you've got publishing companies that will publish some people and then some people, they just, you know, help along the way. Mostly what I do is I work with self-publishing authors, uh, there, there's, I mean, there's more books, many more books being written now than there were 20 years ago. That's because, you know, self-publishing has become such an accessible uh, avenue for people who want to get published. It's harder and harder to get a traditional deal with a traditional publisher. Mm -hmm. So what I do, uh, probably at least half my work is work with authors who know that their best bet is to self-publish a book. They can get it out faster. They can keep control of the content. They keep 100% of the revenues. Yeah, they got to do all the work in terms of getting the book written and then getting it edited, getting it typeset, getting the cover design, getting the book published. And that's only half the job. The other half of the job is once it's done, then you got to go sell and market the book. Yeah. What I usually do is I have like a I have like a menu of services starting from scratch, all these different things like developmental editing, ghostwriting, laying the book out. I give it to a, a potential client. Say, here's here's what I do. Pick and choose what you want me to do. I can do as much or as little as you want. Here's the prices, how they're figured out, and boom, we just we determine what you know what they want on the menu, um, and then I, I do like a one-page agreement with them, kind of spelling out all the terms, and off we go. And, and I like that. I really like that you've got a um, a, niche. a menu, a niche. Yeah, the, you've got yeah. a niche, and you've got a menu to work from because I think. You know, it's when somebody starts a project like this, it can be pretty overwhelming, especially if you don't understand the process. But if you've already got a, a list of, of tick boxes that people can say, I want that and that and that and that, it kind of already gives, it sets the the framework of what you'll be doing and what it, it kind of, I think it also manages the expectations of what it is that you're going to deliver. 
Well, it brings them a certain comfort level. Mm. They don't really know what's involved going in. And they see this menu, and I keep it to one page, and there's like 15 items on there. But they can go down and see, here's everything involved in a book. And if there's anything in there that you don't think you need or don't want or whatever, you don't need to do it. You I mean, you get to decide, and I'll tell you if I think there's something wrong or you're not doing it. That's what they're paying me for to consult with them. And so the, their biggest concern is how much is this going to cost me and what kind of a time frame are we talking about? And I always for projects I'm working on, so I just tell them, you know, each time you, we complete another step or you send a review back to me, you, you go to the you go to the bottom of the stack, and I just kind of go through first come first serve and doing the book. So they they know what's involved, they're comfortable with it, they can budget for it. I'll work with people. I understand not all people, you know, they're not all wealthy. They don't have thousands of dollars sitting around to do a book. So you know that's the biggest thing is it helps them deal with the trepidation of doing a book. And they see everything in front of them up front and then and then get working on it and it, be, it really becomes a fun process it's hard work for both people but it becomes a fun process when you know what's involved and what the roadmap is that you're following mm, absolutely. i think you're the first person that we've interviewed that has really put it down into a that has a, a framework for and i think it's because you're you do publishing you're a publishing consultant as well Yes, um, and when I say and, consultant, and, it's very hands-on. I mean, you know, we, we do you know do some stuff over the phone and take them through it and hold their hand verbally and that sort of thing, but it's it's a very hands-on process for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's amazing. So, what are the kind of things um, that someone needs to know? And and I think this is valuable information for anybody that's out there wanting to write or already writing. Um, what are the kind of things that they need to know if they want to consider self-publishing? Because I think that can kind of be a trap for people to fall into if they don't know what to expect. Well, the, the first thing is you got to ask yourself, who's going to want to read this book? A lot of the people I, that I, I meet, not a lot, but, but some of them I meet, that they, they want to do a memoir. Or they want to talk about the dysfunctional family they grew up with and, and the things they had to overcome. And I, I you know, I ask them, I say, well, Who's going to buy your book other than your family or your, your best friends? What are your expectations in terms of, of, of sales and how and how popular it's going to be and how relevant it's going to be to other people? The second thing that goes along with it, you got to be really passionate about it because writing a book, you know, there's a lot of, no matter how well organized you are, how good your outline is, what, you know, the premise of the book is, there's a lot of slogging involved, mm. a lot of hard work and, and you know, and, and you know, dra you know, dragging it through the mud to get it to the finish line. There's there's a, there's a lot of things to do. So you got to be really passionate about what you're doing. And and again, always be you know, always be asking yourself when you're writing this, who's going to read it and how's it going to benefit them. And you might think, well, this, you know, it's not a self-help book. It's got to be a self-help book to benefit somebody. No, every book should, in one way or another, uh, whether it's a cookbook, a memoir, or, you know, even a mystery novel, I suppose. How's it going to benefit the reader? Maybe it's going to entertain them. Maybe mm -hmm. it's a self-help book. But there, I mean, there's different ways of defining, you know, what makes a book beneficial to the reader. But that's that's the if you if you if you if you approach a traditional publisher, you know, or a literary agent, those are the things they want to know. They want to know the marketability, the the, the finances, the target audience, who's going to buy the book, and why. And that's what you'll be able to elaborate on that. So that's that's probably sometimes the biggest challenge of self-publishing authors. A lot of times they don't really care. I've dealt with a number who said, you know, I don't care if 50 people buy this book. I really need to do this book. 
I need to get this family history out. I need to get this off my chest. Mm. It's I got to scratch. I got to do this book and committed to do it. And I'll do whatever it takes to get it done and I'll let the chips fall where they may when the book is done in terms of getting sold and marketed. And that probably is, is a very successful way to do it for Jetty, you know, because you don't have all that pressure that, that, that a lot of writers do having, you know, going in, oh my God, this has to be a bestseller. What am I going to do if it doesn't sell? What am I going to do with this? What am I doing that? So that's really good advice, Mike. Um, and, and, you know, what I don't know if, I don't know how many people, you know, there's not that clear understanding when you are seeking a traditional publisher, you do have to write up a whole marketing plan to send in because you, at the end of the day, you're a dollar figure to a publisher or a literary agent. And so you have to go, okay, so I'm tooting my horn really loud and my horn is bigger and brighter and more beautiful than all those other million horns that are out there. And this is what I'm going to do. My plan is X, Y, and Z. And I, you know, I have this many followers on this social media. I have plans to do this. I have connections here. I already have this going and this is an avenue for me. So you really do, you've got to do your research and you got to line all those ducks up. And the big thing is your expectations. I mean, it's really, really hard to get a, a deal with a traditional publisher. Even if you've done like a couple of books that have sold fairly well. And, and what you're talking about, Mary, is doing like a book proposal. Like I'm doing, you know, I do that for some authors. I, I do maybe three or four of those a year. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to make it clear to them that no matter how good we make this, the odds are really stacked against you. More and more publishers depend on you to have a literary agent, you know, that, that, that middleman or that middle woman in there to, to be pitching the book for you. And it's, a, it's almost as hard to get an agent nowadays as it is to get a traditional publisher because you got to really have your ducks in order and you can't be shy about touting yourself. You can't say, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not a great self-promoter. Well, you're going to learn to be. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. You're going to have to be to do that. It's, it's, you it's, have to kind of take yourself out. You, yes. it, you have a hard time with it. That's what I've had to do for myself. So I'm promoting the product, not me, even though I wrote it. But this is about this, this book. Right. And so right. sometimes that makes it easier for people. It made it easier for me because I, I don't want to run around and go, ah, you know, but I, I believe in this. I believe in this work and I, I want to see it out there in the world. I want to see it being a special part because mine are children's books right now at the moment. So right. a special part of a time of reading and that caregiving time and that those sacred moments of, of those special times and also embracing literacy and helping children to, from the beginning, love books and reading because it, it is so important in, our, in everyone's life. Well, the thing I found too about doing that and pitching a book and, and getting it out there is is publishers in general don't have the big marketing staffs they used to, their big marketing budgets, right. where they signed you up, you did the book, and boom, they took care of everything. You know, right. or, and gave you an advance. A lot of them, most of don't give advances yeah, anymore. They don't do it anymore. So you have, to, you have to prove to them you bring to the table some marketing things. Like you said, Mary, who do you know? Who are your connections? What shows have you done before? A lot of authors go, I haven't done any of this stuff, but I got right. a book, and I do want to pursue traditional publishing. So... That's the challenge in my part in doing the proposal for them is, is half the job is getting their expectations in order at the same time, keeping them positive and, you know, and punching that up as, as best you can to be able to present it to an agent, present it to a, a publisher and, and, and give it your best shot. You can't lie about yourself. You can't make stuff. Right. Because they'll, they'll, go yeah. they'll go and research that. And yeah. a, a publisher I'm working with right now, she does a lot of marketing stuff too for, for authors. <laughs> Excuse me. And 
So what she's had me do is on an Excel sheet, I have compiled, um, and, and this is research. We have, you right. have to research, right? <laughs> Excuse me. So I've had to research and find uh, uh, blog, blog, blog reviewers, you know, and find uh, podcasters, podcasts that I can be on, approaching those people, trying to get myself set up for interviews and making a list of all this stuff and a list of all these reviewers and uh, a list of uh, all, all kinds of mommy and children's groups. So it's, it's taken a lot of time research. I'm glad, you know, I'm taking notes as you're saying some of this stuff, just to remind me because the, the, the client I'm dealing with right now that, that, she, that she's doing a book and, and, and uh, I may be ghostwriting it, but we're just in the proposal stage right now. I am ghosting a couple chapters to send, you know, as examples, samples from the book. But that's the thing. You have to uh, carve out time and find the podcast, find the bloggers, find, you know, even like, like YouTube shows. You mm -hmm. might say, well, you know, those are all just amateur productions. Well, yeah, half of them are, but that's not the point. The point is some people have tens of thousands of viewers. That's what you want to get in front of. It may and be practice. product. Yeah. It, it's practice. It, it's, it's, that, that's the thing. You've got to get really good at selling what you're doing. So sign up, you know, call every library that you can to do an event, call the schools, you know, call, um, I mean, I, I've done things at, um, Pottery Barn Kids. I've been into mm -hmm. in, in a store by the kids' furniture having a book event, you know? So, I, I mean, you just, and you never know. And then I met an editor of a newspaper at another town in Kentucky, and that started that whole relationship, you know? So, our friendship. So, you, you, you just never know, and you never need to leave any rock unturned. And it does require sitting down and doing the grunge work. I call it the grunge work, you know? Well, it's all accessible to you. I mean, that's the thing about self-publishing. You know, there's three things. Laptops are affordable. You need something to write on, something to you know, hook up Wi-Fi so you can get on the internet. And then you got the internet. Then you got like on-demand printing. And on-demand printing, you know, there's several on-demand printers. Uh, well, more than several in the U.S. And, and, are, and I guess, you know, in the rest of the world where you, you can do everything yourself. You have access to what you need. You have the on-demand printing, and the pricing's gotten pretty good now. Where you can, you know, if you want to print 100 books at a time, it's a 200-page book. It might cost you three and a half bucks a piece for a paperback, but that's basically all you need. They do a good job with it, so boom. I mean, you're, you're self-publishing. You're you're ready to go. But then, like I said, at least half your work is still left after the book gets ready to be, you know, when it's published and ready to be sold. You got to get out there and start beating pavement. You got to be knocking on doors. You got to be going every store you can think of. You'd be surprised who'd be willing to, at least even on consignment, take ten or twenty of your books and put them on their front counter. So when people are checking out, you know it's an impulse buy. Just, you know, the, the worst thing they can say is no. You got to be. Well, very you have to be creative. Definitely yes. have to be creative. You know, because there there are a lot of different things that can be done. Like, uh, I, I'm when I'm ready. Um, there's a restaurant here in town that's just opened up not too long ago. And uh, the wife is a baker. And so they're opening up a bake shop in this thing, but they're doing baking classes. Their child is six. So we're going to do a book event, right? We're going to have a baking class. I'll be there with my books. We'll do reading, you know, so something totally different I've never done before. Well, it sounds like organic marketing. You know, you're, not, you're not forcing that that's coming to you, but you got to be out there yeah. looking for things. And the more you do that, the more you'd be surprised how people will find you and come to you. They'll find you on LinkedIn. They'll find you if you got if you've done some videos, some short videos, sixty second videos on YouTube, and you know, and, and you're doing just just you know, you'll check out a new restaurant and find out 
here's what they got. Well, this dovetails with what I'm doing for a book. All you got to do is ask. And you, you still, you know, face to face is still very important in this world. And uh, uh, absolutely. Yes. I agree 100%. Yes. Mike, we're getting to the end of the show. Um, oh, you, I know. I know. I, I, I know. Just, We're having so much fun. We can go on. We can go on for an hour easily. I, I go straight my. I go straight my picture. I just realized that <laughs> it's 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 an aerial shot of Notre Dame where I went to college. I just I must have bumped a wall or something. We can we can I really talk for an hour or two. So you've done so much writing and ghost writing. Is there anything um, in your you know as a, as an author that has stood out for you that was a memorable experience? I think the book I did on Pat Tillman, he was the NFL player who, who left the NFL at the height of his career, playing the Arizona Cardinals, joined the Army, became an airborne ranger, and went to Afga Afghanistan. Of course, this was several years after 9-11, and, and uh, I did an Insta book uh, with Triumph Books. What, they, what's an Insta book? Yeah, what is uh, that? I'm well, not it's almost like a, it's not, you can't get it out as fast as a newspaper or magazine, but I wrote the book in seven weeks. And I, wow. I traveled. To, I traveled to, to Phoenix. I traveled to Fort Benning, Georgia, where they do the, uh, the Army Ranger training, and, and spent a day with their, their soldiers who trained. Actually, some of them actually had actually trained with Pat Tillman like a year earlier. But they're right after his death, and so the, you know, it, it's like a hot topic. But you also have to be sensitive because you know the family. I mean, this guy's just been killed, and mm -hmm. and and I couldn't get any interviews with the family. I spoke mm -hmm. with mother-in-law who was repping the family, but that was a great experience meeting that I mean, I'm a former army officer myself, but I never did ranger training. And so going down and doing that was kind of, uh, I didn't get down crawling the mud with any, any of them. I just, you know, interviewed them in an office and talked about it, but that was a really interesting book to do. But my next, you know, I thought you were going to say, you know, is there anything I want to do? I haven't done. I'd like to do a screenplay to be made into a, a, you know, a real movie, you know, not something I'm going to shoot with a camera and have a $500 budget with, but I really, there's a particular, there's a, I'm not going to say what it is, but there's a particular movie I really want to do and write a screenplay for. Mm -hmm. Do it, do it, do it, do it. I know. We support you. What, yeah, I know. You know what, though? I mean, something I've learned, I'm a mom of three. I am, you know, waiting in the car. I am in the car rider line. I am in the grocery store and a thought comes, whoop, get my phone out. I mean, Absolutely. And, it, and it really, it does kind of create some ADD, but you have to <laughs> sort of organize it. <laughs> I can see you jump Mike, all how stuff. Can, Mike, how can people connect with you? Well, probably the best way is to email me, uh, Mike Toll, that's T O W L E 2013 at gmail.com, or they can call me, or better yet, even text me. I prefer text to calls. I'm more likely to, to respond quicker. 615 293 5771. That's the best way to. You get me, or you can find me on LinkedIn. That's where I found you. Well, yeah, that's where you found me. Some, some fact, uh, a couple of ghostwriters found me there. Awesome. And uh, wow, awesome. Yeah, this has been fun. I like doing this. Okay, well, we have to have you back on. We will because sure. it'll have it'll be like the second act because <laughs> act two, act two, because there's so much to talk about with you, and this is great. And you know, it, it, it the the time goes by so fast and, and I knew it would this morning because I knew you'd have so much to talk about. And I was like, oh, maybe it'll slow down a little bit for us. No, well, well, definitely, I agree. We ha we'll have to have you back because, you know, I think we didn't even ask you half the questions we wanted to get through today. And I still feel like, you know, we could have unpacked 
each of those questions a little bit more. We kind of just touch the surface on those questions. Um, so we'd really love to have you back again, Mike. And Bridgette, if you ever run into, you must know who Gary Player is, right? The golf <laughs> Gary Player. That for anyone else, the South African, you know, say hi to him for me. I've, I've interviewed him a bunch of times over the years. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. Awesome, awesome. Awesome, man. <laughs> Mike, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Guest. Yes. And I really, I really hope you'll say yes to coming back onto the show again. Absolutely. I'll make sure I have my laptop that has a microphone working. <laughs> yeah, you did great. Thank you, Mike, so much for spending today with us. And uh, I hope that you and I get to meet in person. Absolutely. You got it. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye from, well, we're both saying bye from Tennessee. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye, Bridgetti. And bye from Cape Town, everyone. Thanks for joining us live. That was really cool.